Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Hey, and welcome to another Saturday edition of the Wretched High Podcast. My name is Steve Baldwin, and joining me is the entire crew, Scott, Greg, Dave, and Nico. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hi. How are you? Going on. <laughs> and we are here to discuss the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, season one, episode six. This episode titled One World, One People. And Dave, oh, <laughs> thanks for the timer. That's great. I'm going to have a lot of editing on this, this episode. That, there, there is no pressure just staring at a clock while we're Fine. doing this, just for the record. Uh, you don't have no to pressure whatsoever. I got, I got it. I got it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, if you were signing on to ex- explore deep character development with season one, episode six, you may be disappointed. Would you? I don't know. Mm. Would you? <laughs> this episode I mean, it, it's, I mean, if you're, if you're the action, I, I mean, this, this is the, the payoff for everything. And without like jumping completely to the end, Sam Wilson's decisions and inhabiting of a, a character who may or may not be named Captain America it shows us that it's the same, but different and in a good way, as opposed to Mr. Walker, who was the same, but different in a just gonzo nutso lock him up in an insane asylum kind of way. All right. So what I'm hearing you say is you were completely comfortable with where these characters ended up and no qualms about the character development by the end of the season one. I, I, I was good with it. This was a what? very good investment of six hours of my life. All right. Uh, any dissenters in the room? Because I, 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 Greg, I, <laughs> somehow I'm, I'm shocked that Greg disappointed <laughs> someone on the show. Um, Greg, what was your take? How did you feel uh, season one, episode six wrapped up in terms of character development? Uh, I, I hate to be that guy who's always like, well, what about this? But <laughs> You hate to be but, that guy now, now yeah. you're, you're starting years. now today but, but, with that. <laughs> you're starting now. Greg, I've already, I have your shirt that says that on order right now. I mean, come on. This is what about this with Greg's face? You know, there there's, there's a couple things that stood out to me just specifically from this episode. We can talk about the larger, you know, uh, the larger issues that I personally have with the series later, but just with this issue, you have issue or issue episode number five with Isaiah Bradley saying, you know, there's no way, basically, there's no way in hell a black man can ever be Captain America to this episode where after he sees Sam on the TV talkie box, he's completely fine with it. We have John Walker who murdered a guy an episode and a half ago, murdered a guy in cold blood, not even like justifiably murdered a guy. They're all like slapping him on the back. Welcome to the team, John. How you doing? Like Bucky literally slaps him on the back and says, good job. Well, so I, I, I will take a missing from this show for me. Well, I will take issue with your analysis there on Isaiah, because I kind of felt like Isaiah 
in, in episode five was saying, oh, there, there will never be a black Captain America. Um, very doubtful as to whether it was like possible or whether anyone would accept it. But, but Nico, clearly in this episode, it seems like people are accepting it and are good with it and are proud of the work that Sam did here in episode six. Yeah, he, um, my issue um, is not so much with Isaiah and, and the black man being Captain America. Uh, I think, yeah, you're right in that he was more doubtful than he was um, not okay with it. He, you know, in his own personal experience with what happened and his, you know, being incarcerated and poked and prodded and when he very well could have been Captain America for who and what he was after his, you know, administration of the serum, mm -hmm. um, you know, he was kind of in disbelief and, you know, disillusionment with the, with the system. So I don't, I don't see so much of a problem with him that that look at the end with him was more of like a pride thing than, you know, disbelief. But I do have a problem, like Greg was saying, with John Walker at the end. Um, yeah, it's the same, but it's, you know, the suit's black. And like, yeah, welcome to the team and the high fives. And all of a sudden they're, you know, on the same team fighting together. And he's a good guy. And it's just, I don't, I feel like his character development really kind of tanked there at the end. It just did not you didn't really see any growth with him. You know, he went through all this struggle and did the terrible thing. And then all of a sudden an episode later, he's just a good guy and he's on the good team. Like you don't really see that redemption or the struggle to get to the redemption. Um, and so that kind of took me aback a little bit that he was just, yeah. just immediately just flipped over and everybody was cool with him. They, they literally did a choose your own adventure book with them where on page A, you go save the van full of hostages or on page B, you go and kill the bad guy. And he chose page A. And so the story continued. I mean, S Scott, the fact that at the end of the episode, we have crowds cheering for Sam wearing the hybrid Falcon Captain America suit. Uh, is, is which there is, which of... is completely comics accurate. I just want to jump in on that real quick. That was completely comics accurate for 100%. when Sam Wilson took over as Captain America a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, that's cool. And what about the black um, suit that Wilson ends up wearing? 100% accurate. Also, yeah, yeah. Also. Okay. Is there anything there, by the way, and... and... Again, well, here, we, here I, we go again. I need my my dumb theme music. Hold, hold on one second, Scott. Is there anything with? Oh, I thought there was going to be dumb theme music for a second. I'm totally disappointed <laughs> I, I, right now. I didn't produce it with the white guy wearing the black suit, and now the black guy has the Captain America suit. Is there any intentional juxtaposition there? No, it's just uh, mimicking I, I, the comics. I, I think they're just yeah. mimicking the comics. Because the U.S. The U.S. Is the outfit is from like 1987, like years before the idea of Sam Wilson as Captain America was even a twinkle in anybody's eye. Yeah. And as, as we all know, Dave, racism, racism did not exist back in 1987. <laughs> that so. is 100% true. 100% true. And I want to, I do want to jump back real quick to what you were saying, Greg, about how you, you had some issues with uh, the evolution of the Isaiah uh, character, the, the Carl Lumbly character. And mm -hmm. 
the thing that made it okay for me, and maybe this doesn't actually make it okay, but it made it okay for me is after they have that conversation that you're referencing, where he says they will, there will never be an acceptance of a black man as Captain America and no self-respecting black man will ever want to be Captain America. And then Sam Wilson is having the conversation with his sister and he set, repeats all that. And he says, I understand that from his perspective. If I were him, I would feel that way too. And I'm totally paraphrasing here, but he goes on to say, but I'm not him and I don't feel that way. And if I don't step into this role or step forward to do this, what good is all the fighting and struggles that people like him and everybody who came before him? What is the good of all of that? Yeah. So I, I, I get what you're saying kind of in isolation, but they even made a point of taking that clip that I'm referencing and putting it in the previously on, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and putting it in there. So I think they were trying to show us there's a, a stepping and a progression that Sam Wilson is hearing that, accepting that from Isaiah and moving beyond it and not just taking it as I have to, to follow that. That's what well, made it okay for me. I don't know that that actually does make it okay in the grand scheme of things, but it made it okay for me. I think that makes sense in terms of Sam's evolution towards stepping into the Captain America role. But for Isaiah Bradley, Carl Lumley, who in this instance is an audience surrogate, how are we supposed to accept him? You know, and I'll take it a step back because the Captain America, the natural born leader of the Avengers, even though he is not the strongest, he's not the most powerful. He doesn't have, you know, all of the gifts that everybody else has that you got from a Thor or a Hulk or an Iron Man. And yet he is still the natural leader because of every because of his character and because of his uh, moral qualities and everything like that. And so Sam needs to step into that role. That's what that where Sam needs to be. So we need an audience surrogate to say that yes, I believe and I'm going to follow Captain America. And for the guy who was 100% dead set against it to switch, not to say it can't be done, it was just a little quick and a little convenient. I think it's it would take one more commercial break to make me uh, fall in love with Sam Wilson as Captain America. And it, it was just, it, it would just sped right through. Well, it, if anyone's- And, and, that's, become- and that's fair. I will also throw out one thing that I, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I took it as a, a, a nod to people are not always going to be accepting of it, but how people are just constantly throughout going, hey, it's the Falcon. No, it's the Black Falcon. No, it's Captain America. Like even when he shows up with the star spangled outfit and the shield, there's still people disagreeing over what to what to call him. And I took that as both a comic aside and a, a nod to the idea that yeah, this is not just as simple as you show up and everybody's going to be like, wow, Captain America, woohoo, we're saved. Right. Well, we're sort of in this transition period, even in, in real life here in America and dealing with race in a different way. But Scott, we've, we've if been anyone, in a transitional period for about 400 years. Well, <laughs> you, could, you could make that argument. But if I, 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 I want to hear Scott weigh in here, but I, I just want to close this part of the conversation with or maybe continue it with if if there's anyone on the screen that's going to become captain america sam wilson it, he's such a great man not morally ambiguous at all he's he's as close to steve rogers as you can get without being steve rogers himself scott and and it just makes so much sense that i mean to me that's one of the reasons that isaiah is able to come around and go okay i see what you're doing you've got the power but your only your real power is to just continue this work and keep the faith that this this can happen in this country. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 
I got, I got a million subjects to top, talk on, but I'm going to try and do this fast. On yours, Steve, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think Sam is the perfect fit for this role for the modern version of him. That's what I, the, the kind of fun and the joke that we got to play with him being a man out of time um, previously, you know, 70 years into the future. And Steve, everyone was the, he was the butt of the joke for everybody because he was thinking back in the forties and everyone's like, you got to catch up. You got a little book. You got to go on the internet. You got to check out this, you know, all these pop culture things and stuff, you know, Sam's that guy, he's the same person, but he's in the right moment. And I think that's, what's great about the show is he was questioning all that um, to, to talk about and jump on a point that Greg was talking about. I I'm going to, I'm going to agree with Greg for a, just a little bit here, just for a second. And I'm not saying that as a joke because I agree just, with you. Just the tip just for the tip, Scott, just the tip. That's all. That's all he gets. Um, no, I, I think the feeling of this episode kind of being rushed, I actually kind of feel that about the whole series, <clears throat> knowing that the series was actually supposed to be a little bit longer and that COVID uh, restrictions kind of cut things down and actually cut subplots out of it. Like, I think there was supposed to be some sort of a plague or virus thing that happened during this thing too, that was completely eliminated from this. Um, it feels, it, it feels that, I mean, I felt it. The problem is, is I like the transition, even John Walker's character. It, it's not that it's cheesy and bad. It, it really represents, we talked about this show at the beginning, how it's going to tackle a lot of race issues. And I think one of the big race issues on the John Walker side is the kind of white privilege that we're seeing. And we see him get off, <clears throat> excuse me, in the in the uh, third episode or fourth episode where they just basically let him go there's no punishment he oh he doesn't get his pension but he he gets to walk away and here's his here's that ex same example of him just walking into a situation where hey i have a choice i can do the right thing i can do the bad thing um and he makes that decision again and it seems like all is forgiven for this guy just because of who he is and that resonated with me that really like i see your point greg that it's rushed i do feel that and maybe there if there was an extra episode or a little bit more built around that but it does give you that sense that that same feeling that happened two episodes ago is still going on this guy's walking around free he just built himself a new shield he's wearing a captain america suit he's yelling i'm captain america it you know it just it it's a tv show and i get it maybe if it was another episode or two I just felt that there was some power there in what they were trying to say between his character and Sam's character and where each one goes. I like that Sam shows up on the bridge. I like that Sam shows up in front of crowds and people are cheering him. They're not filming him because he's a, a maniac and he's, he's killing someone using the shield. That's a shield of protection as a blunt object and weapon to kill somebody in, in cold blood. So I like the, the, <laughs> contrast between those two characters and how it was played out in this episode. It may, maybe it could have been an hour and a half long and a little bit more built around that, but. Well, there was a lot to tie up with this episode and to your point, Scott, you know, yeah. John Carter is, you know, when Val says, John you know, Walker, just, oh, John sorry, Walker. John Walker, sorry, John Carter's on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> John Walker is a uh, Captain America. So when, when Walker at the be. end, when he has this little conversation with, with um, Contessa, valentina allegra de fontaine she says just you know be ready when i call and he does this little happy dance like i'm back i'm back and i was just like just like fuck you go i you know <laughs> and that's and that's, and that's the reaction u.s agent really should 
in gender. I mean, one of my favorite U.S. agent uh, comic panels is it actually ties into Greg's favorite character, uh, the introduction of the White Vision in West Coast Avengers, when U.S. agent was installed as a, a nominal leader of the West Coast Avengers by the U.S. government. And the newly reprogrammed vision was walking around just in full robotic form with nothing on. And John Walker is starts screaming at him and wagging a finger in his face like, any outfit I'm in charge of, mister, you're going to put some pants on. We're going to wear clothes around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. One of the worst kept secrets of the show, we discover Sharon Carter is the power broker. Well, or at uh, least who the she, power broker wants us she? to think is the power broker. That's right. That's right. Is she? Because they never say she is the power broker. They uh, well, um, one what's of the her characters, Car- Carly, Carly calls her the power broker. Does she actually she say you are the power broker? She does, yes. But nowhere does Sharon Carter say, I am the power broker. Exactly. Bow before sure. me. No, she says In something citizens like. Citizens of Madripoor. Oh, well, it would make sense that the power broker would want X, Y, or Z, whatever they were talking yeah, about. whatever Sharon. it was. That doesn't say, hey, Sharon, you're the power broker. She just says it makes sense that the power broker oh. would want this. Conspiracy theory, Scott, coming out to play here. <laughs> you know who is? It's Mephisto. That's who the power broker is. Start. Scott is our own personal cue. Have you guys had that feeling for a little while? Because I'm starting to get that. Mm. Uh, I, I, loved, I loved, because we're short on time today, I want to get to some of these big points. Loved at the very end with the credits when the, the title of the show becomes Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yes, I totally agree that they rebranded the show on the fly, you know, to show that there was an evolution. 100% agree with you, Steve. That was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, For for the the flaws that exist in the show, and every show has flaws, first of all. I I loved the show. You know, two big thumbs up for me, but every show has flaws. But the character arc of Sam Wilson in this show is absolutely not a flaw. That was just, that no. was done yeah. to perfection as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. I think you could argue that that's the purpose of the sh- Like he is the yeah. reason we watch the show to watch his character arc as the main yeah. character on the show. Uh, to watch him totally. become Captain America. This is what we all wanted to see. We wanted to watch him become Captain America for sure. Absolutely. And it would have been, and it would have been so easy to just draw it out and have it be like, Oh, here's a six hour behind the scenes. Like what really led into him being Captain America? And they actually made it, interesting they actually made us question if it was going to happen mm-hmm. and they made it very heartfelt and meaningful and and part of the, the moment the social moment that's going on right now in this country it was just that arc was superbly done in my opinion yeah i um, think the um, development between the characters especially and let's bring up bucky too because i think bucky's arc is really great in this too um those two characters were fascinating to follow i it, the most like even john walker's character to me even if it was rushed at the end <clears throat> was more fascinating than the 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 whole flag smasher Carly stuff. She started to really just annoy me at some point. It's like <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't care if she lived or died or what what their thing was at the end. I felt more about the guy that John Walker killed in episode four than Carly Walker. <laughs> so. even, even her own team was getting sick of her bullshit. Yes, <laughs> which she literally uh, tells uh sam wilson it's like no no no. i think everyone's just tired of you i mean really just that was one of two deaths in this episode that they more or less showed on camera someone getting shot right right sharon shoots morgenthal kills her and he she shoots um who's the the guy the uh, talking was 
Batrock. Batrock the Leaper. Batrock the Leaper. as well. I was kind of surprised. She also, like, poisoned that security guard in the van. She, like, nerve gassed that poison guard. That was pretty brutal. Oh, yeah, that was gnarly. I think that was more brutal than the shooting. That was pretty gnarly, man. There's yeah. a couple. There's a couple S bombs I got dropped in the episode too. That kind of surprised me for a Disney Plus show. Yeah, I want to get back to Bucky's story. We talked about Sam's arc. Let's just close it. Close out the conversation with Bucky's arc here. Uh, Bucky's story is, is is perhaps the most heartening. I mean he he gets to you know he warns Morgenthau, um, letting her know she'll be haunted by the people she kills, reflecting back on his experiences. Um, he he uh, completes his the list of amends that he's got he gives you know he ends up giving the book his little book that he was crossing out to is it sharon that ends up with that book no, the, the therapist, therapist. Yeah. The oh the therapist that's right that's right yeah um he finally goes back to the neighbor and confesses that he had killed um his son um there's there's a nice montage at the end that i felt was a little bit heavy-handed but you know kind of shows bucky at peace that he's come full circle he's playing with sam's nephews um that was such a guy moment by the way right if you have a bionic arm and you're super powerful you're just gonna stand there hold the arm out and let people hang off it while you just talk to somebody else i I was i was like that is so good yeah Yeah, that was good but was it (laughs) were you comfortable everybody with bucky's with the way they wrapped up his sort of arc for the show I, I did. Um, I, I also want to bring up one point, and I want to ask you guys this. Did anyone else find it? Th- th- this is why I have a problem with the Carly character. In the middle of her stupid speech at the in the big battle, she looks at Bucky and she's like, when did you ever do anything that stood up like you did some big dramatic thing for a bigger cause or whatever? I'm like, are you kidding me? This guy fought Nazis and then died in the Infinity War. I mean, Two of the biggest moments in history and uh, in Marvel history, but it's like, do you not read? Maybe if you got off your fucking social media for two seconds and saw, oh shit, that's who this guy is. Well, you know, they, they probably just weren't advertised all that much, Scott. You got to give her some break. You got to give her. I'm, I'm sure she may, maybe she heard about it. Maybe she didn't. I don't know. You you, you never know. Yeah, if somebody, yeah. If somebody, you only have one news channel. I mean, but if, I'm if saying this is a guy with a, Wikipedia, if somebody's not updating his Wikipedia page, Scott, I'm not sure that Carly can really be responsible for that. But really, how many people have a bionic arm made in Wakanda? You, you kind of got to put those together, right? That's oh, that's the guy. Oh, shit. how many people know what and where Wakanda is in the MCU, though? Like how many average Joes walk in the street? know? And even if they knew that his arm was made in Wakanda, would they know the significance of that? Do they know the special properties of vibranium? Do they even know what vibranium is? Have they heard that word before? Fair, point, go, fair point. But remember, her whole fucking goal is to, to bring back the blip prior to the blip. So she knows about the blip and what happened. So Yeah, everybody you know I mean? knows the blip, but that doesn't mean everybody knows Wakanda. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> so I, I've, I've got a question yeah so sam's speech at the end when he's talking to the reps of the grc and giving his full full speech to them about why what they're doing is wrong mm-hmm. i felt like that was an almost deliberate contrast to the, the famous captain america speech from uh, winter soldier where he addresses all of shield and and rallies the you know the non-Hydra shield agents to stand with him against Hydra in that moment. I just felt like it was this contrast of, yes, he's Captain America. Yes, he has these same more, you know, powers from moral, moral clarity, 
but he's using them in a different way. That's not a speech. Sam Wilson's speech is not a speech that Steve Rogers would have given in that moment. Yeah. And it's, it's maybe not from a perspective that Steve Rogers would have brought to the table simply because Sam Wilson's background is so deeply different from Steve Rogers. Yeah, I agree. Well, and what I, I loved about that is he ends with basically that he's, he's got this power. He's got the suit. He's got the, he's got his uh, red wing back. He, three he, of them. He is captain America and he is choosing to fight for the rights of marginalized people um um it, it, rather than perhaps um fight against these bigger forces like you know like hydra um yeah i, I like his point i like his point where he talks about uh you know insane gods and crazy teenagers it's like it, there's not much difference and you you're the same you're you literally have that same power by the way sam doesn't have power he's not a super soldier he's like batman with really cool wings Mm -hmm. so. cooler wings i would argue oh yeah i i did like how so he got the new suit from the wakanda so i think it's implied that the wings are now also vibranium and i oh, like yeah. the way they integrated that the way he would use the wings and the shield to anchor himself he had a helicopter bounce off him guys that was pretty yeah cool. that yeah. was pretty awesome and so when, I, he is, when he's fighting greg and his wings dig down into the ground that was yeah bad. yeah so i i'm like that's you know because he doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't have the super soldier serum, but he's got all this cool tech that augments his fighting style. And yes. he got lots of flips. So the training montage from last week where he's doing oh, a lot yeah. of flips, that paid off too. So that paid did, off. Did anybody, did anybody hear uh, Steve Carell's voice just yell parkour over and over again <laughs> in that fight scene? Parkour, parkour, parkour. <laughs> so where does the series go from here? Uh, and, uh, and and maybe it, we can a little it, bit. It, of it goes it goes into the Captain America four movie that Marvel announced. Yeah, that's that's exactly where it goes. <laughs> I I was gonna ask that question. All these upcoming and now past Marvel shows that we've had, so like Loki coming up, um, and uh, we've just finished uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision. Do we think that these shows are gonna continue as shows, or are these kind of stepping stones between phases? of Marvel to give us a little background of, you know, like the time jumps. I, I gotta be honest. I don't even think Marvel knows the answer to that question. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. I think they're kind of like, if these things work, what can we do with them beyond it? I, they, they've tipped their hand a little bit on these first two shows because they put in for some Emmy nominations and they put WandaVision into the limited series category, which mm -hmm. implies that they're not planning on coming back and doing a second season. At, at this at this point in time, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they entered into the dramatic series category, which suggests that they're at least open to doing that. Although clearly with the announcement that there's going to be a Sam Wilson themed uh, Captain America movie now coming out, presumably in phase five, uh, we don't know what the, the timing or pacing will be for when season two will appear. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's a totally fair question, Nico. I just I truly don't think they know what the answer is because they're not sure if the products work at this point yet. They're starting to get a sense of it, but they're not sure if the products work. So why are they gonna plan a season two and a season three if they don't know? And, and they certainly left it open-ended. I mean, WandaVision, we kind of knew going in, it was gonna lead into Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, but this was like, okay, the show ends and boom, like within what, 12 hours, they announced the, the movie, Captain America 4. I'm like, wow, okay, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, but the show itself has left itself open to so many things. I mean, you talk about they show the raft a couple times. Uh, Zemo is on the raft. 
And I love the moment where Zemo's butler kills off the rest of the Flag Smashers, and he's just got this kind of like smile in prison. So you know that they're building up to possibly a Thunderbolts or what's the other one? Dark Dark Avengers? Yeah, Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers. Yeah. So there's some crazy stuff that they could just lead off with or it, and into movies too. I mean, God, Thunderbolt's been in how many films? Well, one other thing I want to ask about, and I don't know if anybody else has read this, but at the end where Sharon Carter's giving her phone call, like, hey guys, we're going to have access to all this stuff. Get ready for the, the fun, like setting her up as a double agent. Yes. I thought that was very reminiscent of the ending of New Avengers 1 by Brian Michael Bendis, where Spider-Woman, who was at that point operating as a double agent for Hydra, and shield and was also secretly a scroll agent for secret invasion so she oh, was yeah. a triple agent was making a phone call to and revealing herself as being you know on at least two sides not yeah. just the side of the angels you know that's interesting because that really does thinking about it that way and i've never read new avengers and i have and i'm aware of the secret avengers and the and the, the scroll invasion and all that stuff but that kind of does set up this is not Sharon Carter that, that it's a scroll because there's going to be a secret invasion show that's and, gonna, that's that's a show that's coming so. and how about how about that foreshadowing when she walks up and rips her face off yeah wearing that that mask here's here's another quick thing I know we got we're leading out here but seconds. Um, she um she's in one I think uh infinity gauntlet or where they're looking at all the people that have been blipped she's one of the people so if she was blipped and she comes back and this show takes place within months after the blip, that's a lot of time to become the power broker in just, what, three months? We've, yeah. we've said from the beginning, the roots of Marvel run thick and deep, and we will continue. We're happy to go through this with you guys. Have a great couple of weeks. Enjoy. And may the force be with us all. All right, bonus bonus material here. We're going to run down really quick uh, on a scale of one to 10. 10 being best I don't show have you've ever seen. One to 10. I have a grade. <laughs> oh, we're doing, we're doing A, B, C, D, F. I would right. give this show a banana. <laughs> a scale of one to 10, I rated banana. Watermelon <laughs> being best, guava being worst. <laughs> this is why teachers quit their job. That's all I'm saying. This I will one. rate this a dragon fruit. <laughs> All right, we are going. We are giving uh, Death Stars. We're giving Death Stars. Okay. Five Death Stars is the best you've ever seen. Steve, there's One only been Death two Star. Death Stars. One Death Star. Yeah, is- there's only that's true. There's only been two Death Stars. So, so is it really I, a scale of one to two? And really, it's only one and a half. They never no. finished the second one. But I hate all of you, and Scott's not even on it anymore. What about it. Star Killer Base? Does Star Killer Base count as a Death Star? It's not is a Death that- Star. It's a Star Killer Base. It seems uh, awfully familiar, though. It seems very derivative. Mm. All right, we will do. Um, I don't know. Kitchen appliances. Uh, dishwasher is best. I'm. I'm going to go with my original rating of a C plus. You can rate that for what you will. A C plus. I thought it was a very by the number show. Uh, um, and I think it could have been better if storylines weren't cut uh, for time due to pandemic. They're not able to film these things for pandemic related reasons. I get this from both. Falcon and Winter Soldier and from WandaVision. I felt there was more to the story they wanted to add. They could not because of the limited time they had to produce due to the pandemic. So C plus. All right. C plus from Greg. Dave. I'll give Greg? it a I'll give it a B plus just simply because I thought the Sam Wilson arc was that strong. I, I concede a lot of Greg's points on the other things that are going on in the show, but I feel like that Sam Wilson arc, that was an A to an A plus, and that pulls up very heavily the whole of the show. 
All right, Nico. Um, I'm going to kind of follow in Dave's, um, you know, moves there. I would give it a solid B, um, much like um, Han Solo and Solo kind of ruined the whole movie for me. Sam Wilson as Falcon and Captain America kind of really saved this show for me. All right, the show gets this. I feel like the only thing missing for Nico from Solo was uh, the Han Solo character at one point going over saying, but we both know that there is no film in this camera. (laughs) All right, the show gets a B from me. Really enjoyed it. Um, Not my favorite show, but I I felt like it was entertaining and I look forward to it every Friday. Uh, I love the Sam arc. I love the Bucky arc. I love their chemistry. All the other characters, mm, fine. Uh, Okay, Scott. Scott! Uh, what's your take on Falcon and Winter Soldier? Orange County as a whole has become the beacon of what the fuck. <laughs> let that go. He, right. he gives it one and a half Death Stars. Uh, you know the show. The show <laughs> is a C, but get the C plus just for Baron Zemo's jacket alone. So oh, yeah. actually, Baron Zemo's jacket <laughs> is worth at least a half a point. Seriously. I will say, on a whole, costuming for this show was fantastic. Very good. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and Baron Zemo's arc was actually very good. He was a strongly oh. written character. I, I totally enjoyed yeah. what they I did liked, with him. I like Zemo. He got to dance. That was cool. Um, uh, here's the thing for me. Would you ever go back and watch this show again? For me, the answer is no. So that's why it just gets a B plus. So it, never unless there's that, something that happens in a film that they reference that I have to go back and check, but I'm not going to go and watch it for inter- entertainment value. It's like, a, it's like a, it's in my resource library now. Yeah. It's yeah. Like that's, Ant-Man That's fair. I, I would probably watch it again, but I don't know that I'm going to watch it over and over like I would Infinity War. Like that is a movie yeah. that I will just put on from time to time because yeah. I need to watch something. I'll Correct. probably watch this show front to back leading up to the next Captain America movie coming out. Better you than me. Let me know how it goes. So actually, follow up question for you, Greg. Would you avoid watching it again? Like to Nico's point, like if you're seeing things in a Captain America 4 trailer <laughs> that that make it clear that there's a continuation of things from this series. Would you go back and watch the series again as prep work for it? Or would you just actively avoid it altogether? The only thing that would make me go back and watch it is if I saw something that I go, I don't remember that happening. So I want to go back and see it. So there would have to be something for to trigger me to go back at, and, and want to see it again. Not as like, I feel like I need to watch this leading up into something. No, that wouldn't happen. Okay. That's fair. Totally fair. All right. Let's really quickly rate this episode that we just recorded. Uh, by you two albums. Are we talking, is it Joshua Tree <laughs> or Christ. or is it Pop? I'm going to give this um, a toaster oven. Toaster oven. What, what's it. the one that I'm, Apple just immediately launched on everybody's iPad without <laughs> asking for I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate it as the, uh, the Tim Burton Batman soundtrack from Prince. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have All right, day. excellent.